pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Funny episode 239. Today I'm going to chat with Charlie from Franklin Armory, discuss a new bill to rein in the ATF, highlight a new subcompact pistol from Stoger, talk about a man who took up residence in an unlikely place. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ava. How are you today? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked because I'm not doing <laughs> so great. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm still just sitting here wondering why I got a puppy. Why <laughs> because did I get a puppy? Um, I'm telling you. So her being cute, that's literally the only thing that's keeping her alive right now. Because everything <laughs> else, I'm like, you are about to just go to the Humane Society. Like, you're cute enough. I'm sure somebody will pick you up. And we're just going to part ways. And hey, it was nice knowing you the last couple of weeks. Because, uh, yeah, it's been tough. <laughs> but so, you posted her all over. And she's so cute. I know. I shouldn't have posted like with pictures of her. <laughs> Because it's going to be, so my listeners know, so I, I got a cat. It's actually been almost a year because today is actually the cat's birthday. He's one year old now. Um, but I got this cat and I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. I can't keep this cat. Of course, I posted all over social media. And every now and then to this day, people are still like, how's the cat doing? I'm like, we don't talk about the cat. So I Wait, gave, did you? No, did I didn't get, get rid, rid of him. It? No, oh. no. I made sure the cat is at my cousin's house. It has a good home. And it turns out it was a Maine Coon, which explains why it was $900 at the pet store. Oh, my gosh. I thought we were just buying a basic cat. And I was like, okay, that's a little steep. But I mean, the cat's really cute. So again, got me on the cuteness. But I do have a funny story to tell. So if you guys don't know, I have a puppy and she is two and a half pounds. So she's really small. She has a little bladder. Tickles, um, my dog before, was full grown almost nine years old, four and a half pounds, full grown with these small dogs. Like it's just, and that's her crying right now. Okay. Peaches, <laughs> you are not going to ruin my podcast. No, don't give me that attitude. No. Uh, but so I pee pat train them because it's just so much easier, especially like in the middle of the night, like peaches is still like, she wakes up twice in the middle of the night, has to go to the bathroom. Like I am not going outside, especially when it's like cold and snowy outside. Like, no. So we're pee pat training her. Well, where I went wrong is she's been outside. Whenever I take her out in my backyard, she just like stands on my shoes. Like she doesn't even want her feet to touch the ground. Like she doesn't know what to make out of the outside yet. And so last weekend I met up with my cousin and her husband. Her husband kind of hates me. Um, <laughs> mostly probably because I like, you know, pushed my cat that I didn't want on them. And they have enough cats. But I brought peaches to the brewery and... At one point we were eating, so I put peaches down on the ground and it was like more rocks and dirt. And you could tell peaches like, I don't know what to do. Like, all right. So she's just kind of like standing there. And then eventually there was like some napkins on the table from after we were eating. And I lift peaches back up and she's on the table and all these people are coming over. Not guys. It, it'd be nice if it was hot guys, but <laughs> it was women that were coming over like, oh, my God, can I pet your puppy? Oh, so cute. And I was just like, cool. But like. I mean, if I was a guy, I'd be like, this is great, but it doesn't really work in the reverse. And she's like up on the table, but she's small enough. Well, sure enough, the freaking napkins that were on the picnic table, she sees and she mistakens them for a pee pad and just pees on the table. And my cousin's <laughs> husband starts freaking out and like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, I mean, it's a picnic table. We're outside. 
not to say it's okay, but you know, my cousin and I, so we're like laughing hysterically because he's freaking out. He makes a scene, the table next to us, they look over like what's going on. They're looking at my cousin and I'm like, we're animals. How could we just let this dog pee on the table? And it was just really embarrassing. So long story short, I need to figure out how to not only pee pad train peaches, but also get her to go outside. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough being a puppy mom. Yeah, it is. Right now we're fostering kittens and it's hard to do that. It's my first time. So I get frustrated with them too, but luckily they use a litter box. Yeah. And it's weird how it's like so instinct, like they Mm -hmm. instinctively use the litter box, but yet like you would think a dog would instinctively use outside. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She's probably going to be one of those little, uh, prissy dogs. that's like, no, it's too cold. Right. Just your luck. I mean, in her defense, though, she is like two pounds. So if my feet are cold, <laughs> I'm assuming that Peaches is cold. Yeah, that's true. You know? But she is a cute two-pound dog. I'm telling you, the only thing that's keeping her alive. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So before we get into the show, talk about Smith & Wesson. I'm not really a big wheel gun person, although I did just put in a request for a wheel gun. It is not this revolver. It's actually freaking awesome, and it's going to turn heads at the range, and it's probably going to break my wrist, but that is (laughs) for another day. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I just posted recently. It's the model 327 TRR8 from the Performance Center. And it's basically like a Roland special and a revolver. The Scandium frame pistol holds eight rounds of 357 Magnum, has a removable rail on the top for an optic, which is so weird to think like, oh, these revolvers now, you can put optics on them. And then underneath the barrel, a light or a laser. The one that Smith & Wesson shared that I reposted on the Gun Funny Instagram, it had an RMR on it and a surefire light and a laser. The finish on it's all black and has a rubber hoe grip, so it has like a really modern look to it. The actions and triggers are tuned at the performance center and the cylinder is cut to use moon clips. So if you guys want to check that out or any of the other revolvers and maybe take a guess as to the request that I put in. So hopefully I get it. Hopefully they approve my request, but I'm telling you, it's going to turn heads. It's pretty crazy. But I'm interested to see if you guys can guess that. But if you want to check out any of the stuff that Smith & Wesson offers, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Charlie, you are from Franklin Armory, but before we start talking about Franklin Armory and what Franklin's about, I want to know a little bit about your background and sort of like how you got started in the gun industry. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Of course. Franklin is actually my start in the firearms industry specifically. I've always loved firearms since I was a kid. But um, I saw the opportunity to work with the public and firearms, which are two passions of mine. And I thought, no way. This is not real. There's no gun company by where I live. But here I am. Okay. So there actually was a gun company like where you lived. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And they were actually hiring and they wanted to hire me. (laughs) That's actually, I mean, that's kind of cool because typically, I mean, if you're a good employee, 
let's say, you know, you lose your job one place, you know, like you get laid off or they restructure the company or whatever. If you're a good employer, you're always going to have a place to work in this industry because somebody else will scoop you up. But usually it's kind of like, okay, what was your in to the industry? And so it's kind of interesting. So it's kind of nice that like Franklin sort of took like not a risk, but you know, that they were like willing to hire somebody with like maybe not as much knowledge within the industry. And your role there is marketing, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. Which is different from like my previous careers, but they kind of go with firearms and I've always enjoyed firearms. So it's not like I was completely new to firearms, just Mm -hmm. new to the actual manufacturing portion of the industry, which I honestly never really considered until I worked here. Yeah, definitely. So how did you get started in the firearms? Was it something that you grew up with? Uh, well, no, I was kind of, I just naturally was attracted to firearms. I don't know why that may be weird. Um, I was kind of a tomboy growing up. So when I was about 11, most little girls would probably say they wanted to grow up and be a teacher or a librarian. But I, my response was, I wanted to be a sniper or a hostage negotiator. (laughs) Like I fully intended on growing up and being a sniper or a hostage negotiator when I grew up, but life had different plans in my career. But I did some recreational shooting with my older brothers when I was in my teens. And then when I was 21, I moved to Colorado Springs and I was fortunate enough to have some pretty badass friends that gave me actual firearms training and helped me purchase my first two handguns, one of which was actually a Smith & Wesson revolver. Oh, nice. Um, I have since given that one to my dad, uh, and my other one I got rid of because I didn't like it, and I've learned a lot since then. Yeah. Every day, though, especially now, my respect for firearms and training, training especially, it increases more and more every day, and I, there's so much more I want to do. I want to train... I want to, you know, the cool thing about being at Franklin Armory is yes, I'm in marketing, but if I want to, I could go down to the armory and they'll teach me how to build a complete gun. Like I've built a couple lowers, but I've yet to build a complete gun because I don't have that much time to spare. Yeah. But it's pretty cool that I'm able to, you know, do marketing, but also go and actually learn how to build guns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you had some training, you were in Colorado Springs. What did you do from there? So from there, I moved to Nevada and I started working as a 911 dispatcher. And then eventually right before working for Franklin Armory, I was a community service officer for the police department, both of which are, you know, high stress jobs and But they were so rewarding and I do miss it. Don't get me wrong, but my family kind of, my kids needed me more than the community. Yeah. What was it like being a 911 dispatcher? That's got to be the most stressful job because you have to be like, remain calm, get as much information as possible and not freak out with the person who is freaking out on the phone, you know, where they're like, this guy has a gun. You're like, oh my God, ah, you know, (laughs) you know, oh it is one of those careers that you don't know until you know. 
Mm -hmm. Like so many people fail out of the training phase of being a 911 dispatcher because they honestly just can't handle it. Yeah, I can see. I don't know. I don't know why, but somehow I thrive in chaotic environments. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like where I'm most Zen when I have nothing to do is when I get bored and I'm like, ah, um, but you know, being a 911 dispatcher can be emotionally taxing, but it's super rewarding. And I do miss it. It's, I, I will always think like a dispatcher. I'm not going to lie. Like when I'm driving, I'm always like, yeah, I'm going northbound on 395 about <laughs> to turn east Yeah, onto Highway 50. Like you think in directions and you just, you get used to reading license plates and memorizing them. And hmm. every time you see a fire truck or a police car um, going code three, which is, you know, lights and sirens you're like, Oh, I wonder what they're going to. So <laughs> it's being a 911 dispatcher is really great if you can remain calm, but you're also really nosy yeah. because you kind of have to do some investigating. Yeah. I can see that. Um, <laughs> so even though you've like left that job behind, is there anything that like comes to mind? Any like wild calls that you received any just crazy ones, like in particular that you remember? So the funny thing about that is Everyone thinks that the crazy calls are what stick with you, but it's not those that I remember. It's actually the sad ones. It's the ones which, you know, there's a lot of sad ones, but it's particularly sad ones where I could hear the emotion from the caller or from my responding officers on the radio, like where you're not seeing what they're seeing, but you can feel Mm-hmm. what they're seeing basically. Yeah. So I remember those distinctly. I remember the days and times and um, how I felt because I felt like I just couldn't imagine what they were seeing and yeah. dealing with at that time. So I, you know, there's funny things that I remember like this, you speak of cats. There was this, I'm kind of random, but there was this one caller in particular who asked me, he was, he was uh, a little crazy. He liked to call us because he was bored and he would call and say he was suicidal. So we would send officers out. But in the meantime, he really just wanted to talk on the phone. And he called in the morning and told me that he was making kielbasa. He was in his underwear. And then he jumped to, I think I'm going to hang my cat. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, please don't hang your cat. Like, wow. <laughs> so that's like the only crazy one because it was like it was such a weird he went from yeah I'm just making some kielbasa do I have time to put pants on and yeah then I'm gonna I'm gonna hang the cat and I was like please don't hang the cat <laughs> I couldn't even <laughs> so I would literally would have lost it but I also I just like have no tolerance for people that abuse animals or children you know oh no me neither and I would have been like, that's okay, was- all right, that's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you could hurry on up over there. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, yeah, definitely don't hang the cat. Yeah, like, I don't. That's, yeah, that's super random. Gosh. And definitely, you have time to put some pants on. And also, I would tell the police officer when you go there, take the cat with you. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know? No, I don't think he was actually going to hurt it. He loved his cats. I just don't know why he would say that. Some yeah. people say things. I know. And I think they just say it to see what you're going to say in return. Yeah. That makes sense. And I'm just like, but it was kind of funny. Just, I remember that because we went to, okay, you know, talking him down to talking him down from hanging the cat. I'm like, that was really random that you went from, you know, being suicidal to now being, I guess, homicidal towards your cat. Right? No kidding. <laughs> oh man. 
Okay, talking about Franklin Armory, one thing I've realized is if you're in the gun industry, you know, and you hear Franklin Armory, you just automatically think like, oh, yeah, they are known for their binary triggers. But actually, like outside of the industry, one, a lot of people have no idea what a binary trigger is. And two, I guess they don't always know, you know, a Franklin Armory. And then actually, even after today, I didn't even know that you guys also sell firearms as well. I even have some learning to do. For those who don't really know what Franklin Armory is, can you just kind of give a synopsis of that? Yeah, definitely. So Franklin Armory, you know, originally they started in California, which we all know has strict firearm laws, Mm -hmm. but that restriction caused them, the founders, to be truly innovative in their endeavors. So our company went from the president, Jay Jacobson, literally going from dealer to dealer to make sales to now being recognized as pioneers in the firearms industry. Maybe not by, you know, everyday consumers, Mm -hmm. but other manufacturers know who we are because of the binary firing system. The binary firing system, like you said, a lot of people don't know what it is. It's definitely our most popular product that we manufacture over firearms. The technology behind the binary trigger system is quite ingenious, really. A binary trigger offers the shooter three firing modes, safe, semi, and of course, binary. But while in binary mode, which is the third position, the firearm will fire around on pull of the trigger and another on release. But what's cool and what makes it so different is that the second or release round is cancelable by placing the selector back in the semi before releasing that trigger. So if you pull the trigger and you decide you don't want that second shot to go off, you can cancel it. So Hmm. by definition, it means that each round that is released is caused by a separate action of the trigger, therefore meeting the federal legal requirements set forth by the ATF. So that's really what sets us aside and makes the binary firing system so different and genius. Yeah. That's interesting. I had no idea that it originated in California. Yeah, the company did. And then, um, of course, they moved over to Nevada a couple years ago because Nevada is so much more um, firearms friendly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's it's like polar opposites. And it's just literally we are 20 miles, maybe not even from the California border right now where we are. So we're just over the over the mountains, honestly. Yeah, nice. Since the first binary trigger was released like a few years ago, Franklin's released them for a bunch of different firearms. Can you give us an overview? Because I mean, I think initially was it the AR that they created it for? Yep. The binary triggers were originally designed around the AR platform, but we also, in which we do have two options for ARs. We have a straight trigger, which is my personal preference. And then we have a curved Mm -hmm. for the AR. And then we have models now for BNTs, AKs, AK9s, HKs, CZs, PCs, and 1022s. But the most exciting in our first binary for a handgun is the GS-173, which is for the Glock 17 Gen 3. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Me too. And apparently everyone else. Yeah. No kidding. Like <laughs> as soon as, cause I met you at SHOT Show and, uh, yeah. and then that's where you guys introduced it. And I was like, man, that is, 
I mean, even the whole like binary thing, it's like kind of hard to wrap your mind around. It's one of those things where I feel like you have to try it to really like understand it or to get a feel for it. Cause you're just like, man, that's like shooting like twice as fast. Like, it's just like, you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you introduce like a handgun that's able to do that. And I actually didn't know that you guys made it for AKs either, which is awesome. I'm thinking it's awesome because AK ammo isn't as expensive as 223, but I'm like, well, it's also 2022 and that's not really the case so much anymore, but, but that's still really cool. Okay. We're going to talk about the Glock one here a little bit later, but I want to go back to that 22. So, I mean, 22, it's still relatively affordable to shoot. And that was the 22 C1 trigger you said? Yep. The 22 C1. Okay. And you guys just kind of fairly recently within the year or so released that? Yeah. I believe the official release of that one was in July. Okay. And it definitely is comparable in sales to the AR. I think probably because, you know, ammo is a lot less expensive. Well, currently, well, typically. Yeah. But it's also a really good introduction to the binary firing system because it's so user friendly. Mm -hmm. Like my son loves to shoot the little 22 that we have, especially in binary. Yeah, I can only imagine. That's got to be so much fun. Yeah, it is. And people like if you take it to the range, even though, you know, 22s aren't that loud, when you hear it going that fast, people look. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. They're like, wow. They're like, is that Jerry Mikulek over there? Oh, he's shooting so fat. And they're like, no, wait a minute. It's just like a seven-year-old. What? <laughs> How does that seven-year-old have a faster trigger finger than I do? <laughs> Proper training. Yeah. And right. Got to start him young. Yep. Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah. That sounds fun. Do you by chance know just like off the top of your head, kind of like what MSRP on the 22 trigger is? Uh, I believe it's Typically about two ninety nine. Okay. It does, I know it's not over three hundred, okay. but we do also sell a separate housing for it mm-hmm. because not all twenty two housings are the same. Obviously, so if you buy our housing with it, which is a hundred dollars, it's like three ninety nine, which is pretty much the same price as an AR trigger. Yeah. So, but I believe two ninety nine or two eighty nine. And then, you know, we have sales sometimes. Yeah. And we also have a coupon code for you guys. So if you're thinking, okay, you're not listening to the rest of the show, you're just like on your happy way to go get your Franklin Armory trigger. <laughs> you were nice enough to give me a code. It's just AVA. That's A-V-A. And that's going to get you 10% off. And is that limited to just triggers or does it have any limitations on it? It is everything except for what's on our specials page. So everything... Minus what's specifically on the specials page. Okay, cool. Nice. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. If you guys are looking for a good long range optic, primary arms has the new SLX 3 to 8 by 50 FFP with the ACSS Apollo for the like 308 6.5 Grendel available for pre-order. 
It's a great range of magnification for distance shooting, and the Apollo reticle is ideal since it gives you holds out to a thousand yards with up to 20 miles per hour windage holds. Since the reticle is the front focal plane, the holds are the same at all magnifications so that you don't have to worry about your holds being larger or lower magnification. It also has an illuminated chevron for the center of the reticle and locking turrets with zero reset for returning to your 100 yard zero if you need to dial up for like really long range. Make sure you check that out along with all their other optics and all their other stuff that they sell. They don't just sell optics. They sell all kinds of stuff. I mean, if you're building a gun, they have, you know, all kinds of gun parts. They sell actual full firearms. I'm assuming they probably even sell Franklin Armory triggers. Definitely check it out. Use the code AVA. Again, that's A-V-A. And you'll get a free one-piece scope mount with every primary arms optic that you purchase. Just kind of a nice little incentive there. I'm curious. I mean, unless you're living under a rock, but especially with you guys, I'm sure, you know, you've heard everything that's happened with ATF, like their overreach regarding like the force reset triggers. First of all, when it first came out, which was at this point, I guess we're going on a week now. And what I hated about their letter. So I actually had to read it twice because I'm like, okay, so what exactly are they referring to? Are they specifically calling out rare breed triggers or, you know, what triggers? What is it? Wide open. Wide open triggers. Yeah. But they didn't specifically say, and they were very vague. And I'm like, that's because they're hoping that people are like, oh, this probably also trickles down to like binary triggers, which is like total BS. I'm kind of curious, like, what was Franklin's reaction to that? And are they looking at like their attempts to rewrite rules by like lying about how they operate? So initially, we were not super um, pleased with the way it was worded because it was confusing for consumers and yeah. actually just industry professionals in general. It, absolutely. Because like I said, I yeah. had to read it twice. I was like, what the hell are they even talking about? Yeah. And it's ugh, even though right underneath they where they first mentioned binary triggers, they then right underneath state that a binary trigger, you know, they restate the functions of a binary trigger, Yeah, which basically they say is um, different actuations of the trigger. Mm -hmm. So each shot, so you can cancel it. So it's not considered an FRT, which they say, but they just made it super confusing. Exactly. Like any legal Um, document where you're like, oh, what did I just read? Yeah, exactly. So obviously it's been a hot topic in the industry. Franklin's always been against the regulatory agencies changing the rules autocratically, you know, on their own. Absolutely. And we believe that's why the constitution was formed in the first place in order to prevent these arbitrary changes. We knew that the bump stock ban was bad. And now what they're doing with the force reset triggers is bad. Mm -hmm. Luckily for us, the ATF has vindicated us and stated that binary triggers meet their requirements. So at this time, we really have no concern other than the confusion that they placed in the first place. But just to be clear, binary triggers are still federally legal. Yeah. My only gripe with that is, I mean, look at SB Tactical. Their braces, they legit got letters from ATF being like, yeah, your braces, you know, they're legal. There's nothing wrong with it. And then now like ATF's like, oh, well, you know, we have to, we're reclassifying things. And now they're like under scrutiny. And it's like what ATF is doing is just, it's completely unlawful. And people just don't realize that. If anything, I mean, we need to shine like more of a magnifying glass on the ATF because it's like they literally are breaking laws by changing the definitions of what these are and changing the rules and not even going about it the lawful way. 
Exactly. I guess that would be like my only concern is like, it's like, well, Franklin Armory, they're not under scrutiny today, but like, who's to say, you know, about tomorrow? And it's just, it's so stupid. Yeah. And it's not to say that we never have been. Yeah. You know, it's not like we are clear from their radar. It's just the fact that that specific letter the law. Yeah. And due to the way the law is written, our trigger is it meets those legal requirements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Federally, you know, some states, some states have adopted their own laws and have limited or restricted or actually banned Mm -hmm. binary triggers, but at least federally they're still legal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about all of the different firearms that you guys make, which I'm really curious to hear about. Cause like I said, I only found out today that you guys actually make firearms and I'm like, okay, cool. So where have I been? And then I'm also looking back and I'm like, how stupid I was literally at your guys's booth talking to you guys. And I just thought you guys had those firearms on display to just show your trigger. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people actually thought that and at shot show specifically, the buzz over the new Glock trigger yeah. was like, it was definitely overshadowed everything else, but we, we do make firearms. We manufacture them here in Nevada. And that is a lesser known fact about our company. We have the regular M4 HTFs. We offer those in like a budget model, but then my favorite model regardless is the HTF R3 XTD. I just love it. It has a Aura XTD muzzle brake on the end. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Or it's actually a compensator, compensating brake, I suppose. And then we have the Libertas series, which is a little higher end. And then we have, even though, let me say it's higher end, but I still prefer the HTF. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Militia series and we have an XO26. We do make SBRs, but those are typically by special order. And we also, many people don't know, we do custom orders for law enforcement and military. Hmm. And then we have a restricted state series, mostly geared towards California, again, where we started. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, we are the only AR pistol on the California DOJ approved safe handgun roster. So our... CA7 and 11 and 12, they are hot commodities in California. I mean, you could order them in other restricted states depending on where you live, but they mostly sell in California. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Are you saying like your urban patrol, the NFA rifle, like that would be more for police officers or law enforcement? Yeah. And that one's not super popular. Hmm. To be honest, we, yeah. the most popular ones are going to be the HTF R3 series and the Lieber toss, so unless you like, so the militia series is heavy duty. It's more like, and they're heavy, not only heavy duty, they're heavy. Yeah. So yeah. we have the militia and the prefector and they shoot six, five Creedmoor and 308 win. So it just depends on shooter's preference. Yeah, but we have things to offer everybody, but our most popular is going to be the HTF and the Libertas. Actually, I love that name, Libertas, and then the Prefector. Yeah, the Prefector. A, yeah, I'm like, huh, those are interesting names. Whoever is in the you know department where they're naming these guns, like, hats off to you. 
Libertas. Oh yes, let me let me fetch my Libertas and we'll head to the range. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in in the firearms industry, you have to get crafty with your names because everyone names things so similarly, and you have to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. What about, let's see, I'm looking, so I'm on your website and it's the BFS3 equipped BNT. Oh, yeah. Is that so, also a gun that you guys make or? No. So BNT sends um, us the firearms okay. and then we install the triggers in it and then we resell it. Oh, okay. Then that makes a lot of sense because I was like, oh, yeah, that looks very similar to, and then obviously BNT, but. You're like, that's weird. Yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah. You guys got to keep it really, you're like, you know, in this industry, everyone's ripping each other off. We got to be really creative with our names. And I was like, yeah, but I also see a gun here that looks very similar to somebody else I know. <laughs> yeah, no, we have a good, we have a good relationship with BNT USA. So they make some um, freaking awesome guns. I don't think that there's a gun that they've made that I've seen that I didn't love, honestly. Right. And they're super popular with the binary firing system. And actually, I don't have, I didn't check before I got on the show, but we did just get some in stock because those go super quick. So we had limited quantities of eight different models mm-hmm. of the BNTs, like in what I mean, models like the uh, GHM in let's say with the Glock lower yeah. and then we have it with a BNT lower. So really it's like four models, but one has a Glock lower and one has a BNT lower. Hmm. So if those, if anyone's interested and it's payday today, right? Is today the 1st of April? Yeah, it so is. So it's payday. So. Well, well, <laughs> technically it's not guys. I'm t- I hate to break it to you, but this show doesn't come out till Monday. So oh, hopefully, man. yeah, if you April guys, fools, yeah, April fools, sorry. <laughs> so hopefully if you guys played your cards right and you didn't like spend all your money over the weekend, then maybe you can, cause you're right. These guns do sell it really quickly and you have them in stock on your website right now. And They're they could limited. technically use the coupon code, right? Yep. Dang. That's a steal. Yeah. That's pretty BRB. Got to go buy some guns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now you're looking. <laughs> I know. I really am. I'm like, I was like, well, I want that 22 trigger because hello, like, I don't know if you've gotten to this point, but I've kind of gotten to the point where like, I like shooting 22s and some guns, it, it really depends on the gun, but I'm like, meh, I'm a little bored. Like I, I like some guns that have a little more recoil that I'm like, I have to try a little harder, I guess, to shoot and to make it work for me, which sounds stupid, but you know, it's like a rhythm thing. Like you got to get into that rhythm. Whereas like 22 I mean, you can literally shoot it with one hand and you're not really trying. Oh, yeah. But having that trigger, I'm like, oh, man, this changes everything. Like, I would bring it to the range all the time. And I have tons of 22. That's nice. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't know what I'm, I'm waiting all on this some. 22. <laughs> hey, maybe if Peaches didn't attract all these men, maybe my 22 ammo collection will, you know? <laughs> hey, or just take take the 22 in binary to the range. That'll, I, thought, that'll get you. I thought you were going to say take the 22 in peaches. And I was like, okay, I said I'd drop her off of the Humane Society. I'm not a monster. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I would never. That would make me cry. <laughs> I know, me too. And I don't, I don't cry. <laughs> okay. And then the Glock trigger. So that's not available right now or it's going to be pretty soon. What's the story on that? So, yeah, we're circling back to the Glock. Yeah. That has been Sorry. quite the buzz. 
that's no, because no, good. that's because I literally I'm like, oh, squirrel. But I'm on the website and I'm just like, OK, let's see. What else can we apply this coupon code towards? <laughs> yeah, I'm also a squirrel or I get squirreled easily. So, of course, the Glock binary firing system, it's actually going to be a kit. It has been the buzz since we announced it at range day. Everyone is like, oh, my gosh, it's quarter two. So technically today is the start of quarter two. But we're actually looking to put it out to the market at the end of quarter two. So more realistically, like the end of June. Okay. What it is, is it's the GS-173 binary firing system trigger kit. It's going to consist of a binary trigger and specially designed slide, which is compatible with the Glock Model 17 Gen 3 handgun. So trying to be super easy here Mm -hmm. for the the name of it gs173 so g for glock s for straight trigger 17 for the model and gen 3 for the generation Mm. okay so what's cool about it is again it is a kit so it has the slide and then the function selector will be slide mounted making the release round easily cancelable cancelable that's a hard word i know right The GS-173 is estimated to be ready again at the end of quarter two, so the end of June, and it's only the first of our binary firing system for handgun series. So we are super excited. It really takes the binary firing system to a whole new level, Mm -hmm. and I think it's going to do really well in the marketplace. I mean, there's so many people that are like, please take my money, but it's just it's not available for consumer purchase yet. And it won't be until about the end of June, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm excited to hear that you guys might be extending that line, not just, you know, for specifically just for Glocks, but, you know, other pistols as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Me too. All right. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about IWI. If you guys are wanting a compact rifle with some extra oomph, it's the Modern Tavor sized up for the 762 by 51 NATO for like some extra range and energy. It has all the same ambidextrous and modern features of other Tavors. You can lock the charging handle to the back without using the bolt catch. It uses the M4 style mag releases and a 45 degree safety. It also has a four position gas regulator, including an OFF for the quietest possible operation with a suppressor is only 26.7 inches long overall definitely compact hence why it's you know like a bullpup if you want to check that out head on over to iwi.us remember while you're there any of the accessories that you see on their website you can use the code gunfunny15 that's all one word and you're going to get 15 percent off your entire order and again that is iwi.us charlie i'm curious it's april now we just said april 1st And then next is going to be May. So the NRA annual meetings is coming up. Is Franklin going to be making an appearance, having a booth there? Yep, we sure will. I'm planning for that uh, literally right before our podcast. Oh, nice. So afternoon. So cool. Yeah, we're excited. I'm excited. It'll be my first NRA show, which I heard is completely different from SHOT Show. It is. I've heard like a lot of people say that they like it more than SHOT Show. 
And I have mixed feelings because NRA, you know, I mean, one, I have mixed feelings about the NRA. Also, I'm like, <laughs> cool, how am I going to get into the show? Because I let my membership, well, I specifically like, I didn't want to become an NRA member anymore. I didn't want to give them any more money. So now I'm like, all right, well, I have to attend this show. I have some obligations, but I'm like, do I get another membership like a year, like just a year membership? Because obviously I'm not doing like a lifetime or anything like that. Like screw that. But I don't know, or maybe somebody, a company can just put me under, under their wing or something. I have no idea. I'll figure it out. But it also just attracts like, I don't know, it definitely attracts a lot of the older generation, which I have a lot of respect for. You know, it's not like I hate old people or anything like that. (laughs) But walking down the aisles, you're just like, uh, if you're behind an elderly person and you're like, all right, and you have to get from like, you know, all the way to the other side. It's just like, all right, if you could just like scoot over and I could just like get past you. But yeah, I don't know. It it should be fun. And really, I mean, this is going to be like the first public show in like two years. If you think about it, I mean, SHOT Show isn't public, so that doesn't count. I'm thinking that this is going to be the first public show for like open to the public in in two years since COVID. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Because they canceled last year's twice. So it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. I'm excited. I think somebody mentioned that there was going to be like 80,000 people, maybe more, yeah. maybe less. Who knows? I honestly, know. Who it's, knows? It's really hard to say if people are going to come out or if it is going to be, I mean, at this point, it's all projections and I don't know if they but, have really much to base it on because we're just in such a weird time, <laughs> you know? Right. But regardless, that's a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, well, you know, you went to SHOT Show. So, I mean, SHOT Show's attendance, though, was pretty low. But yeah, I don't really know. I was going to be like, yeah, it's just like SHOT Show then probably. But I can't really say that because <laughs> it might be more or it might be less. We don't know. But either yeah, way, true. I'm going. I definitely have to book my hotel actually sooner than later so I don't end up at the Motel 8. Because if you guys have listened to any of my previous podcasts, me and slumming it just don't go hand in hand. And after... <laughs> Having to stay at the Days Inn when I was at the Gundy's, I mean, I'm good for like probably the rest of my life. I don't really want to slum it. So yeah, I got to book that hotel. But yeah, I'm excited for it. Are you guys thinking of, I know this is, I don't know if you could say or anything, but are you guys thinking of introducing anything cool? Or are you thinking it's just going to be all eyes on the Glock trigger? Well, we don't have anything new to introduce at NRA, but of course we'll have the, you know, the Glock. And then we also will have the F-17, which we re-released. So also released at SHOT Show was the new and improved F-17 series. It's obviously an improved version of our original F-17, which was the world's first gas piston rimfire, 17 Mm. WISM. And a lot of people don't know this, but the 17 WISM round travels at 3000 feet per second, unlike the 17 HMR. So when people think 17, they're just, a lot of them are going to automatically think HMR, but the 17 WISM travels much faster. What's awesome, it's not only fun, but what it does is it offers a non-assault weapon or non, it's, it's not considered an assault weapon in many restricted states like California because it's a rimfire semi-automatic rifle. Mm. So... Not only is it fun. So it could essentially look like an AR, but because it's chambered in 17 wisdom, it's not. Well, (laughs) it's it's because it's rimfire and not semifire. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. So really, it's the closest thing that they're going to get 
to an AR, you know, they should call um, it, they should call the rifle, the wisdom. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to take my that's, wisdom out and shoot that 17 wisdom in. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Some highlights from the 17 besides being that 17 wisdom round is this new and improved one. It has, well, we have two. We have the F-17X, which is a 16-inch barrel, and the F-17L, so obviously longer. It's got a 20-inch barrel. Mm -hmm. Both firearms are going to feature the new Slimline Osprey Defense Gas Piston System. system. (laughs) Try to say say that three times fast. I'm not even going to try it. It's Friday. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It's time to go home almost. (laughs) A rotating locking bolt dual firing pin system, polymer magazines, and an all-new handguard designed by Franklin Armory that actually has an integrated hand stop, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So um, not only, like I said, is it fun, there's tons. This, I mean, this was highlighted in Varminter Magazine after a SHOT Show. So there's a ton of Varminters that are interested in it. And then again, it's going to really appeal to consumers in those restricted jurisdictions like California. Obviously, there will still be some states or jurisdictions where it's not legal, but that's really state dependent. And we're definitely excited to get it back out and better than it was before. Mm, Very cool. Anything else that's up and coming that you can share with us? Any plans, anything like that? Uh, Well, no. (laughs) No. Just the Glock, you know, there's so much buzz around that. Obviously, that's what we're focusing on. And that's what we spent a lot of time on during COVID. Yeah. Well, during, you know, yeah, the COVID time period. So we're really looking forward to that and putting, we got, we're getting ready for that because that's going to be a lot. Like, we oh. don't quite know, but I feel like from what I've gotten on social media, it's going to be in high demand. And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, is this going to be one of those things that is released and then sells out immediately? Probably. And honestly, we don't know. I don't know. I feel like it probably would. I've had people tell me. Yeah. I've had people tell me that they literally went and purchased the 17 Gen 3 just waiting for the kit to be released. Damn. And I'm like, they're like, can you just take my money? And I'm like, no, because we're not accepting pre-orders. Yeah. And that's everybody's question. Are you accepting pre-orders? No, we are not. And we know you just want us to release it already. We know. Yeah. So we're just making the, you know, the final perfections. Very nice. All right, guys. So if you want to go and purchase anything from Franklin Armory, and that website is franklinarmory.com. Yep. Franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA. Again, that's A-V-A. It's not Eva. It's Ava <laughs> with an A. You'd be surprised how many people message me. And they're like, hey, Eva. And I'm like, uh, seriously, you looked up my profile. My name's right there. And you're going to call me Eva. Yeah. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> or I just leave them on red, you know. Yeah. So if you guys want to head on over to franklinarmory.com, use the code Ava. You're going to get 10% off anything other than in the specials column. And then also, if they want to follow you guys on social media, where can they find you? Instagram at Franklin Armory and Facebook at Franklin Armory. Although, FYI, we tend to get shadow banned. So if it doesn't pop up right away, make sure it's Franklin Armory all together and it will have lots of pictures because there's like another one that I think some fake person made, you know how people yeah, do that. So I know it's so annoying. Um, 
someone just recently was shared with me that they thought we were shadow banned. So um, if you can't find it right away, just look a little harder. Yeah. Just put in that full name. I get it. Yeah. Or they could go to our website and there's links to our social media at the bottom. That's smart. Okay, cool. All right. Well, moving on with the rest of the show called well. If you guys are wanting to shoot long range, or I don't know, I mean, even if you're not shooting long range, because we were talking about this before the show, it would just be kind of fun to see like what your velocity is. But one of the things that you need to know is your muzzle velocity. So Caldwell has several different chronographs to measure your muzzle velocity accurately. They have several versions, starting with the ballistic precision chronograph for $114, which has plus or minus uh, 0.25%. And can connect to a smartphone with a cable to collect your data. The premium version includes a tripod, carry bag, and power accessories for $169. Then there's the Ballistic Precision G2 Chronograph. It's even better. It's inverted to be more immune to bright light distortion and comes with like a more robust tripod. And it's factory calibrated to ensure that 0.25% accuracy. Definitely check those out along with all the other cool stuff that they offer. CaldwellShooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. No gun lists. With all the anti-gun overreach happening lately by the ATF with the blessing of the Biden administration, some Republicans are fighting back. Last week, I talked about Republicans sending letters to the ATF demanding that they stop the overreach on Form 1 suppressors and forced reset triggers. This week, some reps have introduced legislation on another front. Recently has come to light that the ATF is in violation of law and maintaining a database or gun registry. By scanning all 4473 forms they collected from FFLs, which I've talked about this in the past, the ATF has previously claimed the database is not a quote unquote registry and that it is not searchable, but there's nothing stopping them from processing the scanned 4473 forms with the modern OCR software. We've seen them outright lying in their justifications for overreach on many things in the last year regarding braces, suppressors, force reset triggers. So if they haven't already, they're definitely planning on making this a searchable gun registry. Representative Paul Gosser, Gosser just introduced H.R. 6950, the No Gun List Act of 2022. The bill will require the ATF to eliminate the database of scanned 4473s they have been collecting, which... In a way, that would kind of suck for them. Nothing like you guys are working like day and night, and then it's like, yep, sorry, you have to delete that entire database. Not like I really care if it sucks for them, but (laughs) further, it would provide anyone uh, grieved by a violation of this law to sue the ATF for any violations of the law and waive immunity of all agencies, individuals, corporations, or entities that are at fault for violating this act. Another interesting point this brings up is the legality of requiring a 4473 form in the first place. This is kind of interesting and kind of, you know, bear with me, keep an open mind. So the requirement of dealers to collect information for sales comes from U.S. Code 922S, which includes three key questions on the 4473 form, which was enacted before the NIC system had been created and required dealers to collect that information for only five years after enactment, 
and only from handgun purchasers. The chief local law enforcement officer was to verify that information. 922S expired on November 30th, 1998, the same day the NIC system launched. 922T was to take over once the NIC system was online, and it contained no requirement of a buyer to provide the same information. It only requires a buyer to prove their identity. No questions are required. The Code of Federal Regulations 28 CFR 25.7 also does not authorize the ATF to mandate completing the 4473, only that the buyer must provide their name, sex, race, date of birth, and state of residence. In other words, the requirement of the 4473 form is another overreach of the ATF. They never had legal authority to require it for all firearm purchases and have had no legal authority to require it since 1998. That's a much bigger issue to tackle, but you know, for now, obviously contact your reps, tell them to vote for HR 6950 to stop the ATF from maintaining their illegal gun registry. Charlie, did you have a chance to like read over this? Isn't it? It's kind of fascinating, right? I did. And I was talking about it um last night, and it's it's true um that they they do not have the authority to maintain a database, but I guess they're trying to say that they're not maintaining a database. They're just holding it for FFLs that went out of business because those FFLs can no longer maintain those records. But really that's just, you know, their excuse. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I do find it interesting that they haven't had legal authority since 1998. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or actually it says, and that's where it gets confusing. It's like, oh, they've never had legal authority to require it for all firearm purchases. But I think that circles back to that it was only required for handgun purchasers. Yeah. And that's where they're kind of, there's some additional legal jargon there. Yeah. Yep. I know. It's interesting, I guess, to say the least, but yeah. So I would definitely, if nothing else, guys, contact your representatives and tell them to make sure that they support the HR 6950. I don't know. I mean, I'd be nervous that like anything can change. I think even before this, there's like a huge warehouse in Virginia. And if any FFLs go out of business, then they have to hand it over to ATF. And then ATF like essentially ships it to this huge warehouse in Virginia. And like that was the only place that it was held. They weren't able to put it online. And I'm pretty sure it was the NRA that fought to um, to prevent this from happening. And you guys might be thinking like, wow, Ava, you're like really extreme. Like what's wrong with a gun registry? I just feel like it just kind of sets you up for like so many things could go wrong. And at the end of the day, it's like the people that are buying guns legally, they're not the ones that are creating the crime. They're following the law. Like it's so frustrating. Anyways. All right. So Manicor Arms. Guys, I talked about the Tavor 7 earlier. Manicore Arms makes a bunch of upgrades for the Tavors, especially the Tavor 7. So the curved butt pad, absolute must, especially for just like a comfortable shooting, has sort of some texture so it's not like slipping as you're shooting. They have the Overwatch top rail, which raises it to the same height as like the AR-15 so that you use the same height rings and iron sights that would be compatible with like a cheek weld. And then to top it off, the new Hammerhead Polymer Forend, which includes M-Lock mounting points all around for your accessories and a mount for a one-inch diameter flashlight with pressure switches. 
Definitely check all of that stuff out, manorcorearms.com. Remember, use the code AVARROCKS15. That's going to get you 15% off. And Charlie, why couldn't my 10% code be like AVARROCKS10? You know, instead it's just like Ava. <laughs> um, I mean, it could. I could change no, it. No, no, just... no, no. We're going to add confusion. <laughs> I just, you know, we thought Ava was easy to remember. It is. It's, hey, honestly, the less, the better. The less mistakes, you know. Especially if, if you start putting too many words, people are like, well, is there spaces they forget or they forget like, you know, was it gun funny? Was it Ava? Like, you know, I think it should all just be consistent. I should probably ask yeah. my advertisers to change it, but that's a problem for another day. Right now I have enough to tackle. <laughs> Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right. So Q&A. Somebody asked, what's the latest news on the new rules for the ATF on firearm definitions and braces? So far, there's nothing new on what changes from the draft version, but the firearms definition rule has been accelerated to be released in the middle of April, and they've shortened the compliance period to 60 days. That means whatever the final version of the rule is, that means by June, compliance will be required to the illegally changed rules. And then the brace rule at last update is due out in June with an effective date in August, unless they accelerate that too. We shall see. But that's all I have for right now. All right, Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Stoger goes micro, which I was reading this. So I guess Stoger, which is also owned by Beretta, um, and they're, you know, when you think of Stoger, you think of their shotguns. But back in 2019, they jumped into the pistol market. I remember talking about this on the show. And they came out with the STR9, which is like an affordable midsize striker fire, nine millimeter double stack. Have you ever had the chance to look at that gun? I haven't, but I'm excited about this new one that you're talking about. Honestly, I kind of forgot about this gun until my editor put this in the show notes. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. And I, I guess at this point, I'm like surprised that I haven't run into it. Although that said, the last two years we know has been a little crazy. So mm-hmm. it's not like I've really been out and about that much. But they came out with the STR-9. Then they followed it up with the STR-9C, which is the compact. And that was in 2020. Then the STR-9 Combat in 2021. This year, they're releasing the STR-9SC that stands for subcompact. And they're keeping up with the current trends. They've made it optic ready. It's just a little bit bigger than the Glock 43 and has a little, it's a little thicker since it's like double stack, but it's still quite concealable. It holds 10 rounds on the flush mag. Ergonomics on it look really nice. The grip has a good like grippy looking texture. The slide has nice, like large, aggressive forward and rear serrations, freezing manipulation. The sights are like the basic three dots, but the optic comes with four plates for like the common red dots. Takedown and control is very similar to how you take apart a Glock. The trigger is flat faced and reportedly not the best, but decent. So like, okay, okay. But best part of this is MSRP is only $399, which is pretty good if it's reliable. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I mean, think it I think the price puts it at an advantage already in that class. Yeah, because I mean if you think about it, 
let's think about a Glock, for example. So the Glock 43, I think is like what, 550 maybe, if not more. I think it's a little more last time I checked. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I mean, either way, so it's in the 500. So you're you're at least paying $500, if not more. Most guns that are concealable, and then let's think about like the Sig P365, the Hellcat. Those guns, I think, are in the upper five to $600 range, depending on which one. So yeah, I mean, the price point is nice. I'd be interested to see like, okay, what do they mean by, you know, I mean, some people reported again that the trigger is not the best, but it's decent. Is it something that you could work through or is it something that you'd have to replace the trigger? Because then that kind of puts it up in the five, $600 range. So I don't know, maybe at NRA they'll be there and I'll get my hands on one, but I have not gotten my hands on one yet, but it's so far. I mean, it, it looks decent. We should. Yeah, see. it definitely does. Yeah. Maybe you could take a break at NRA and we'll go check out the, would it be the Stoker booth or the Beretta booth? Or maybe they'll have it at both. Who knows? Or maybe they'll be combined. <laughs> oh yes maybe that's i could true. actually they'll they'll have a vendor list so you're right I could look at the map you're right we we weren't even thinking let's yeah <laughs> why don't well, we we'll just be it. rational yeah exactly there yeah. you go gsm outdoors If you guys are needing something a little more, you know, like a little stabby pokey stick for your EDC, it doesn't even actually have to be for your EDC. If you're just looking for a new knife, definitely check out Cold Steel. They have a crazy amount of blades to choose from. I mean, they have some like really high end blades. Uh, they have like a huge list, I think, on their website. It's affordable blades under $65. And we're talking about like blades that are like serrated, skinny blades, straight blades even as low as like $30, $20, and anything you could think of, they have. They even have axes. Definitely check their stuff out. If you use the code GUNFUNNY20, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. And that's not just uh, with Cold Steel, but that's also with Walkers, Birchwood Casey, GPS Bags, Tech Mac, and True Glow. Keep that in mind when you guys are shopping. Today's AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting. Awesome as never mind. AF need a break from family. Living with family can be overbearing sometimes. One man in China has taken it a bit far. I am not even going to attempt to say his name. It's like Wei Jiango Hu. We'll just say that that's his name. Sure. Decided to move to Beijing International Airport, and he's been there for the last 14 years, which is crazy. The main reason, so he can smoke and drink as much as he likes. His family told him if he wanted to stay at home, he had to stop smoking and drinking. And if he couldn't, then he had to give them all of his monthly government allowance of 1,000 yen. He moved his food, belongings, and sleeping bag to the waiting area in Terminal 2 since it's the warmest and uses his allowance for cigarettes and alcohol. He goes home from time to time but isn't allowed to drink, so he doesn't do it often. He's been encouraged to leave a few times when he was drunk and taken home a few times, but always comes back. He's not the only resident of the airport either. As many as six people are living in the terminal like him, which I'm surprised that there's actually not more because I don't know. I'm like reading this and I'm like, oh, so he's like your typical. I mean, not this sounds bad. I don't want to say your typical homeless guy because that would be insinuating that your typical homeless guy drinks and smokes. But 
I'm like, how is there only six people at the terminal? Especially if it's warm, like it just seems like a good place to go if you were homeless. Interesting about that is how does it get through TSA? Oh, wait, I guess it's in China. So <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm like, um, I'm just like, well, this is just kind of. I was thinking about you can't get away with that here. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, most of these places, although, well, now debatable because I got to say the last time I went up to Denver. So Denver used to be extremely clean city. Like you'd rarely see homeless. Same with downtown Colorado Springs, which I live pretty close to downtown. I mean, there was like a few people here and there and like you kind of got to know them. You'd like recognize them. And like I know one of my friends like would talk to one specific uh, homeless person pretty often, like help them out and stuff. But now that they have all these laws like where you can't tamper with like their tents and stuff and they could literally like pitch a tent like in the middle of the street and just like camp out. I'm trying to think what Mm -hmm. the hell those laws are, but it's definitely changed a lot of these cities. So you definitely see a lot more homeless population. And what's weird is I'm kind of getting off subject here, but you want to like help them like, okay, well, what are we going to do about the large homeless population? The thing is, is a lot of these people are choosing to live this lifestyle. Like how many, I don't want to say millennials, but younger generations, they don't want any responsibility. And they're just like, we're going to buy a bus and just like live in a bus or a van or one girl that I knew that, I mean, kind of just, you know, I didn't know, know her, but she was just choosing to like sleep on like bus benches and stuff like that, which I'm like, why would you choose that? But it's like weird to help somebody who's like choosing that lifestyle. But I guess same with this guy. And it's just weird. Like, so you would rather like drink and smoke cigarettes than like actually have a house to live in. And wouldn't that get old after like a day? I mean, I know when I go on a binger, I'm like, you know, (laughs) regretting it for days on after. (laughs) Yeah, let alone 14 years. Yeah, I don't know. And then it kind of reminds you of like the movie, The Terminal. Do you I haven't do? seen that. That was, uh, it was so it was so long ago, but it kind of reminds me of that. And then it says the longest known airport dweller was, and again, I'm not going to try to pronounce that name, from Turkey, who spent 27 years at a Tatarik airport in Turkey before it closed, also due to family problems. Hmm. Kind of sad. That is sad. And I know even here in Nevada, we've seen the homeless population, you know, grow a lot. And there's like, I think it's homeless bill of rights. Honestly, they've enacted all these laws where not even like the police can't even go in and enforce anything. They can't make anything enforceable because they're saying that it's unavoidable for these people. Yet it's, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, it is. I mean, because you feel bad for them, like you want to help them. But then again, for the people that are choosing it, it's just I feel bad for the people that actually they don't want that lifestyle. Like they've fallen on hard times, you know, maybe they made yeah. some not so great decisions and they want to be like just a functioning person of society again. And then the other people. But I don't know. I would just hate to live my life like that. Like just kind of what a waste. Yep. And it's sad. It really is sad. And also it's like making me think, you know, people who are just like, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. Or, you know, I mean, if you have like your health, you're better off than a lot of the people out there. If you have a good job, you're better off than a lot. Like everybody always thinks like everybody has it so much better than the rest or they, you know, and they easily feel discouraged. But I don't know. I'm just going on a rant right now, but I just wish people would like help themselves a little bit more and not get so discouraged so easily and. 
Well, and a lot of people forget that we, and this is me going on a little, little rant is we as Americans already have it so much better than people in other countries. Most places, yeah. Most places. I remind my son um, all the time when he's like, I don't want pizza. You know, if I ordered pizza, I'm like, man, there are kids in Africa that n- don't even know what pizza is. Right. Okay? They don't even get to eat for two weeks. You are going to eat that piece of pizza. And yes, I will take off the onions. Okay. Right. But that's what like, I tell. I, <laughs> I tell peaches that too. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're lucky you don't live in Africa. No, peaches. I'm just kidding. Peaches eat a lot. <laughs> I actually have to take the food away from peaches. Cause so I'm like, all right, all right, peaches, you've had enough. There's kids in Africa that haven't eaten yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's, it's true though. And like it a is. lot of people, they get too self-absorbed to remember that. Yeah, I know. They need to be more humble and remember Absolutely. that. Hey, Hey, they're blessed every day. We, every day we're blessed that Absolutely. we, I mean, shoot, you and I are blessed to be talking to each other right now. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not mental where I'm going to, you know, tell you that I'm making some kibosh and then I'm going to go hang a cat or, you know, <laughs> Well, not yet. We'll see. No, yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy few months. We'll see. <laughs> and now that I have peaches here, I mean, hopefully my, my sanity stays intact. Who knows? I'm sure it will. She'll, she'll start growing up. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Time to wrap up. So iTunes reviews, there's nothing. I don't know what the last, I think, well, actually no last show there was a review, but I don't know what's going on guys. Cause I see the ratings and they're actually doing really well. You guys are listening to the show. Also, I want to do a shout out. So there are so many people in the industry that listen to my show that I'm like, what? Like they'll message me and they're like, yeah. So, you know, I just finished listening to the episode where you had J-Mac on and blah, blah. And I'm like, you listen to that? Like, it's just, it's so weird because most people, if you're in the industry, especially if you're a content creator, you don't look at other people's content usually, or listen to other people's content. This week, so many people reached out to me that listened to last week's episode, uh, pulling our tactical shout out to you. Who was, gosh, who was, who else was just talking to me that I was like, who did you, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth now, but yeah, there's actually like a lot of people. I appreciate you guys. But if you are listening leave a freaking iTunes review and that's it. I'm just going to leave it at that. Only good reviews. <laughs> only good reviews, please. please, only, please. Yeah. Only leave an iTunes review if it's um, good and not about me. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That too. All right. It's time to wrap up. So guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything. There's coupon codes there. There's social media links, affiliate links, all that good stuff. If you want to support the show, actually today we're going to be voting on the winner for the Century Arms BFT 47 giveaway. That's exciting. It's going to happen in the Patreon group, but you have to be a patron in order to have access to that group. You can do so by going to gunfunny.com, clicking on the support the show link. Also, Blunt Deadline, he's given away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month, which we also have to draw a winner for. And I want to thank the $25 Patreons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Melissa Ridings, and King of the Patreon, who is Jon Snow. And Charlie, I appreciate your time and everything you do. It's so nice to talk to another female in the industry. Keep kicking butt and welcome to the industry. Well, thank you. And I... Mean, I- 
I know yeah. you didn't just get your job at Franklin, obviously you've been here for a little while now, but yeah, I mean, welcome. And it's nice to have you on board. Thanks. I'm really excited and I feel that it's fortunate. And I feel that, uh, especially after talking to you and realizing that there are other females in this industry that are pretty level-minded and know what they're talking about. It's really, it's, I feel more optimistic. <laughs> nice. I think, well, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, and we, thanks for having me. Of course. All right. So we are out of here and guys, I will see you next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.